Yo, this is Chaos with the Blacklisted Podcast. And if you like, you can follow us on Facebook at Blacklisted Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Blacklisted Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Blacklisted Pod. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send an email to blacklistedpodcast at gmail.com. And if you would be so kind to rate and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you steal your free podcast. Fade to Black. This is Harry Sanchez, and you've just been blacklisted. Well, technically, you just been blacklisted. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> true this. Greetings, true believers. Greetings, Stan true Lee here, welcoming Stan you here. to the latest harrowing adventure. Ten, eight, seven. Leading the fight, one man fate had made indestructible. His name, Dubious. Black. Listed. This is not a test. This is your emergency podcast system announcing the commencement of the annual Fade the Black, sanctioned by Blacklisted Podcast Cap. Commencing at the siren, there will be no holds barred. Anything and everything will go down. And now, here is your Blacklisted True Listed. Check it out for those that know me. Welcome, welcome back. Real slick beside the others. Welcome back to another episode of the Blacklist Podcast, a podcast of anything and everything in pop culture with a urban point of view. Today, you have Nubia's Black and Chaos, this Midnight Syndicate, we're going to talk about last week's all-out pay-per-view brought to you by AEW. It basically, uh, if you have, or if you're a wrestling fan, you probably know that this was the pay-per-view that made even the most jaded wrestling fan, which we are, those two, actually like wrestling again. Who would have thought? Because I, I really, like, I like the AEW, I like what they were doing, but then this one, they just, they had the right amount of star power, they had the right matches, they told a good story, the crowd was hot, and before we get going, I'll give you some stats, you know, the show took place at the Now Arena. It had 10,126 people in attendance. It had a buy rate of 220,000. And I thought, all in all, wholesale, this was probably one of the best pay-per-views I've ever seen. What do you think, Dan? Yeah. Uh, it, it, this is what I used to think the NXT TakeOver was. Right, right, right. And now I haven't even seen one of those, so I can't even tell you what's what. It's not but funny you should say that, that NXT has now been taken over. We'll find out how that's going to look on Tuesday. I won't 
See, I, I, I need to watch it. I watched the clips on YouTube and called a rat. But yeah, this was like non-stop action. When they did talk, it led to something. It wasn't like droning on long ass soliloquies. And even when you had that long speech, that was done at the end of the night by the champion. You know, but where we get going also, like the commentators for the night was Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, Mark Henry. I think Taz popped in there a little bit. Justin Roberts did the re-announcing, of course, and you had great Aubrey Edwards and referee, Bryce Mansford, Paul Turner, Rick Knox. And they just... The thing I was worried about going in, being that this was CM Punk's first match back after seven years, was the positioning of his match. Because if you put him on too soon, you're going to burn that Chicago crowd out. Yep. If you put him on last... You, have a, you, you may still burn that crowd out before he even gets there. Yeah, because of, of what they the level of talent and stuff, and what they showed you. So, and I wouldn't exactly say stick them in the middle, because most of the times, as we know, that that match sort of before and after, like an intermission. Yeah. Most people don't pay attention to because they're hitting to the concession stand. They're coming back from it, but. It, the spot was like actually like the tail end of the first half of the show. So good good placement. But before we would get to that match, the the the, the buy-in match was uh the best friends, Arns Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Willa Yuta, and the Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Marco Stunt. They defeated the Hardy Family Office, Matt Hardy, Private Party. In the Hyper 2 and Helico Jack Evans with the blade in their corner. I thought this match again, any other show, this would not be an opening show, but this show was so stacked that they literally had to take Pac and, and Andrade off the show. And, and the fact that you gotta take talent like that off, right? I mean, because I'm not saying that the. Uh, the Hardy Party, uh, the Hardy Office. Yeah, I think they should go up Hardy Party. Hardy Party, yeah. Hardy Party and Jurassic Express, not like they aren't good talent, I think, but out of that whole main show, I can't see anybody that would have been on the buy-in or the right, right, right. show or whatever because else. the pre-show was supposed to be the women's battle royal. Yeah, and luckily they didn't put that on the pre-show because of what they did. Yeah, what drug and So, the best friends won that match, and it was a good amount of time, gave nine minutes and twenty-five seconds, and uh, and it was a win by submission. And which is weird when you have that much much talent, ten men in there basically, and you have a submission win. That sounds like something straight out of Mexico, and it looked like it was it was well booked. Everybody got, as you say in wrestling, everybody got their shit in. And uh, again, under ten minutes, it was an appetizer to get people to want to buy this pay per view, and it was worth fifty five dollars. I didn't even know I hit the high definition button, but it, I, I don't regret it at all. I know it was worth it. So. Uh, and, and I think uh, Don Callis was also in there for the tag team match. Oh, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. commentator. 
And he's a guy that has so much heat on him that uh, that shows he's doing his job right. Oh yeah, I, I I hate Don Callis. I don't even know the man, but he's so good at doing what he does, and, and his smarky look and his attitude to the way he dresses, everything about him is just irritating. So he's he's perfect for the role that he's in. He's had that punchable face to me where for a long point, time to the point where I would want to get in there and beat him up all the way back to ECW. And for the next match was for the TNT Championship. Champion Miro defeated Eddie Kingston. That was yeah, Miro versus Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Miro retained now. And that's the thing. The goal. This is basically the, the AEW are using Miro correctly. Way better. I mean. basically say, actually, it's a bit of a reverse. I said, because when he came in as the best man, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it was detailed in the Rusev, but he's now as hot, he's hotter than when he first showed right, up right. in WWE when he started going downwards. Whereas, like I say, the best man, he came in sort of cool to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was actually coming off a of Rusev day and not re- being making himself, then being put out the pasture, and then he comes to becoming the best man. Coming in the best man. A, a segue of Rusev day. Yeah. And I didn't hate it, but it didn't do nothing for me. Yeah, and this. Yeah, so now. Penelope Ford ain't getting you over. Rusev ain't going to get you over neither. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, and Penelope Ford is really good. I like it. But, but uh, I yeah. thought the Rusev, uh, the Miro, uh, Eddie Kingston match, that's another one of those things. You, I hate the sound effect, that, that stereotypical. Every one of these matches could be a main event somewhere. Yeah. I would go to a show to see Eddie Kingston and Miro fight. Miro put out some of the best promos of his career so far. Eddie Kingston, promo wise, basically can't be touched. Right in, in this day and age, considering that he's actually working in the ring and teaching promo classes behind the scenes, it was what you expected. Hard hitting, told the story because he's supposed uh, Nero's supposed to be susceptible to DDTs and headshots. So that's what Kingston went for: DDTs and headshots the weekend. Miro, then Miro was like catching this bitch, uh, a 260-pound man from out of the sky. And doing all kind of crazy slams and suplexes. So, and he's so he's such a good wrestler. Uh, anybody who don't think Miro is top top dog, oh, he is. And uh, and you got Eddie Kingston, who was pretty much just like the. But, but besides extra promo, he's more or less he would more or less just consider him like a straight brawler. Right, right. But um, and and if you want to call it uh, what, what, do they, what do they call it now a glow up or whatever because uh, remember he gone from to where he was not by us but he was blacklisted right 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 <laughs> by the industry for some things that he did he so, did and, and he did tone for it and and then Khan gave him a shot and I can say so he gave him a shot now he's hey not not he's on one of he's the He's in the hottest wrestling company in America. And he's consistent for whatever he does. Tag matches, he's consistent. Singles matches, he's consistent. On the mic, he's doing like, uh, on dark, he's doing like uh, commentary. So he's yeah. consistent on commentary. 
unlike Jericho, who is very inconsistent. He's a babyface in the ring, but he's a heel on, on, on commentary, and I don't know what, what am I supposed to be doing with him, or am I supposed to be hating him, or, or Eddie Kingston is just a clown on the street. Yeah. That match went. And it was more or less just uh, him just taking the punishment and keep coming back. Right, right. That's the scrappy underdog. Fight from underneath. That match went 13 minutes and 25 seconds. And again, yeah. thumbs up. That match with Dave, I got a thumb up for me. Yeah, but also, I mean, like saying, hey, got Miro and Sagia, whereas the one that, that got to the point where the uh, turnbuckle came off, what they going to do it? The ref blocked him. Right. And then the old school. The old hook, kick to get the nuts. back. New kick to the nuts. Machka kick to the face. Or, <laughs> and it was game over. Yep, game over. Put him in the fucking accolade or whatever. Game over or whatever they call it now. Good match. And, and mind you, that's the tech, I think that's technically the first match. Te- oh, yeah, because the first one, the first match was on the buy in, which you've right. gotten on YouTube or whatever else. So, but as far as for pay per view wise, yeah, that's the opening match. Opening match. And then you got. And, and some and some some federations say that that's one of the things that almost like you would love to do. Yeah, right, put right. us on first. Then we're showing out, and he's like, yeah, you gotta follow yeah, that. You gotta build that up. And that's what they had to do. Yeah, because to, 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 to build up from that, it's some, for some places, I ain't gonna say it's impossible, but they're like, it is just plateaued right, right there right. and just. Uh, and just keep going for that same plateau, and, and if you or see some go up. If go along down. what you were talking about to see what Tony Khan did the next match, but those two are more than willing to try to outdo the, the match ahead of them. Yeah, and that was John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Kojima is, I want to say, 58 or something like that. And that dude, he was just recently in Impact beating shit out of people, Tino and Eddie Edwards. Uh, Kojima is 50. 50? Yeah. Holy shit, he looked older than that. Wow, all of the stuff that he's been through. It's true. He fucking looked like he was fighting fucking railroad cars and shit. Oh, that actually at the same time, he'll be 51 soon because his birthday is September 14th. So, yep. in, so yep. in two days. Yep. Another good hard-hitting match. <laughs> uh, strong style. A uh, lot of forearms, trading shots, a lot of fucking brutality, a lot of slams, clotheslines, uh, headbutts, you know, crazy fucking amount of headbutts, which kind of scared me. Oh, well, uh, yeah, that's but, the- but, but those two know how to do them and do them correctly, where they're not going to kill each other. And then uh, two paradigm shifts, and the match was over, and I was celebrating Moxley's win. Moxman is celebrating his win until the fucking world came to an end. And then that music played, and uh, you can even see it on his face of what the fuck did I just shit. do? Well, hey, he, he asked for people to come into the forbidden door. Forbidden door he's yeah, the forbidden door that you gotta walk through. So, and the person who decided to walk through that forbidden door was not other than. Crazy psycho grandpa is what I call him. <laughs> that dude is so insane. Just his look. I know if, 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 if even if it was a work and I knew I, he was coming to the ring, I would be shitting myself just knowing what's about to happen. 
even if he's wink wink gonna take care of me. I, I, I ain't got too much faith in that shit. Oh, and just in case you don't know, we're talking about Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki is a psycho. <laughs> he's the scariest, he's a psycho crazy grandpa. He's another guy that in America, they would have put him out to pasture, but he's still got so much in the tank. And he's so insanely talented that he adapts very much like Jericho in, in you know his style in the ring. This guy was the original King of Can uh, Pancrase back when Pancrase was born. And K1, he fought K1. He fought a lot of MMA matches prior to the UFC's uh, creation. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's closer to 54. He's, he's still three. Dude, his but, ears look like they're 60 years old. <laughs> but but like, like he, he's that guy that you'll slap him in the face and he'll look at you and just start laughing and actually do it again. Right. Yeah. He's the guy that submitted Brock Lesnar in the legit shoot in Japan. So yeah, Donald think he's tough. That, that's a legit shoot he, he shot on Brock Lesnar and then he submitted. So yeah, Minoru Suzuki was a good surprise. Uh, he, him and uh, Moxley were going to collide on that show's, was that Dynamite? On Dynamite. On Dynamite, so that, that, I mean, again, the hits just keep on coming, and that was one of those things that no one knew about, you know, considering everybody thought, wanted to have, uh, it was supposed to be uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tana couldn't make it. If Tana can't make it, if I'm, a, I'm that guy, okay. If Tana can't make it, Tana can't make it. Don't send me Minoru Suzuki. No! Uh, send him home. You can send me, uh, how about sending me that one of the golden, the other half of the golden lovers? Yeah, yeah. I'll, right. I'll fight him. Yeah. Let him do all his scripty shit on me. I'm fine with that. But I am not going to be getting the ring of Minoru Suzuki. But that was a really good surprise for the uninitiated and fans that don't know. And fans that do know, they probably were shitting their pants just like we were. So that was good. That match, thumbs up. That, uh, that match went. No, no, yeah, that wasn't a match. Yeah, that was just a bunch of ass kicking another three minutes. Yeah, after, I mean, it, 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 into the 12 minute, 10, 10 second match. Yeah, and the facts are pretty much that it was just chops, headbutts, and then a gotcha. Neutralizer. Neutralizer and bloody chest. Blood corpuscles bursting in people's chests. It just looks sick. Now here's the match, which was really good, and it was supposed to be the let me up match to help you relax after all that the last three matches. Yeah. Dr. Britt Baker, GMD, and D with Jamie Hayter and Rebel versus Chris Statlander and uh, Orange Cassidy. Yeah, she had Orange Cassidy. And then and she won, uh, Britt Baker won by submission, but that was a really, really good match by her lock job. But um, it won. Show the Chris Statlander's strength. She's strong as a man, dude. <laughs> She's got man strength. That's the thing that cracks me up. But also, you look at you look at them guys, and they where all of that power is at. I just, you know, she has the in-ring. Once she gets her, her speaking down and conveys exactly what this alien gimmick is that she's using, if they lean more into that, I think that'd be cool. They need, but they need to lean in. If you don't, look, you're either alien say, or you're not. Yeah, if you're gonna say she's alien, go all the way. Yeah, show a spaceship, show some crazy. Look, you work for TNT now. They got the money where they can give you props. 
or even have her host like they're gonna do an Independence Day episode on TV. Got her host, yeah, and have her talk some alien gibberish or whatever the hell. Lean all the way in. Either all of it's crazy or none of it is. So just lean all the way into it. But the match itself is really good. I was glad to see that. Not for the most part, Jamie Hayden and Rebel didn't really do anything. They didn't really interrupt. And, and Orange Cassidy was there. Like he actually had to yell at her, laughter to get her. Uh, yeah, but something about that because it's it's rare that he see shows him emotion. Anything besides emotion, besides the thumbs up. But every once in a while, he'll show emotion if it's in the ring. Break out with a bunch of moves and stuff. Right, but right. this one, he was sitting there yelling. Get her in, and, get her and, fucked and, up. And it was a dumb again. Like I said, you you talked about Statlander's strength. She's lifting up a woman that's 130 pounds on her shoulders on the top rope and doing all kind of crazy shit like that. And that was just because I was about to say with Rebel and Jamie Hayter, she they did different, but no, that wasn't in the frames. That was I believe from the Rampage, right? Where she had one of the electric chair drop, and I think Jamie went to go in and cross body her. She caught her. So now she's got she one, both. one on her shoulders, one in her hands, and basically just dropped. So that, that was right insane. Thing. That was insane. So yeah, that basically is that shoulder, that shoulder strap. I was wondering, what is she going to do? Is she going to do a fall away slam while doing an extra chair and throwing her uh, opponent uh, on top of her? Yeah, a fall away slam going backwards and then the fall away slam. Like how uh, just fit in going forward. JBL right? used to do, yeah, she did the, um, like a, like a flat jack. Yeah, so. She got yeah, flapjack forward and then a like the slam, slam, slam. stronger slam, stronger slam. But yeah, that match was good, and uh, I'm waiting to see something out of Jamie Hader. I mean, physically she has an awesome physique. I didn't even think, you know, seeing her in regular clothes doesn't know justice. When you see her in a wrestling gear, she has a really nice physique. Her costume looks like she could. Stand to change it because it looks very like the, like the girls from Japan. That's that whole look. Although, and what, she needs to pick a hair color. I, I, I am not with the tri-colored hair. One of the one, one of the uh, types she had on it all looked sort of looked like one of Ray Mysterio's. Right, guys. right. And I was telling Terry that uh, that you know there's a lot of people on the, uh, the payroll of AEW that that are more than just talent. Got Christopher Daniels, he's talent, plus he's talent relations. Yeah. He's the hire and fire. And you got Randy Rose, who's the brand officer. You got one of the Young Bucks wives, who's the head of merchandise and design. And uh, Rebel is the head seamstress and makeup artist for him. And also at the same time, I mean, you also got to think some of these people haven't been working long. Like uh, Jamie Hayter, she's. She's been working six years. Now, while six years may seem long, in the wrestling business, business you're still a rookie. You, you technically don't you consider to be good until you're at least ten years right, ten years on. But again, she has a good physical look. I just wish she does something with her hair. Because when I first seen her, I was like, "Holy oh, shit, is that uh, the man?" I thought it was. Uh, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch for a hot minute, but then Becky Lynch, no disrespect to Becky Lynch, she ain't got an ass. She got the ass of a fucking blackboard, but the hair was very similar. So, again, good match. Right person went over. Yeah. Right person went over. 
I mean, come on. And then you have it, you know, after we know what happens after the end of the show. That was the perfect, perfect time to have her win. Because it ain't like they're not acknowledging she has a relationship with a new wrestler on the, on the show. So after that match, that match went 11 minutes and 25 seconds. Was the match that I, I I needed to drink afterwards during the match before the match? <laughs> Lucha Brothers, Quinta El Zero Miedo, and and Ray Phoenix with Alex. I don't even gonna know how to pronounce his last name. Alberantes defeated the Young Bucks. Matt and Nick Jackson oh, yeah, Alex, with Brandon Color in a steel cage by pinfall. Twenty two minutes and five seconds. That match for me went 22 minutes too long if I was in that son of a bitch. Because that match, man, I don't even have to describe People who don't know, go online, maybe you can find that match. Or just spend the money and watch the whole show, which I think you should do. Anyhow, this match was exhausting. Yeah, I mean, because you're, one, you already expect from the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers a lot of high flying. And you got that. But also yeah. at the same time, being inside of a cage, you got a bit of a brutality. And then <laughs> even more brutality. But also, they remember stuff that they did in the past right. and bring it back up as a bit of a payoff. The whole thing about having a cage, number one, is that the Young Bucks kept winning mainly because of outside interference. Yes. So, call, call AEW crazy. They had a cage match to keep people out of the fucking ring and keep the people in the ring in the ring. And, and it paid off. It worked. And nobody came from outside came in and nobody escaped. And, they, and you had to win by pinfall or submission in And of course, with it being a cage and a tall cage, we're already sitting, okay, which one of these crazy motherfuckers is going to die on the top of the cage? And well, one, he already thinks it's going to be Ray Phoenix. Right. What is he going to do? He's not afraid of anything. And it was funny because the next day, while talking about this, we turned the TV on, and what shows up? The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and their ladder match that they had in Chicago a couple years ago. And that was crazy. And I'm like, well, how can he have to do this? Oh, yeah, I forgot. 24 hours ago, they just did. And it's just... Anything you can think of, grab grab four action figures, <laughs> put them in a box and just shake them around and see what happens. And that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Because this show was insane. And then when you just think that it couldn't get crazier, because, again, like you said, the payoffs. Months ago, they stole one of these damn sneakers. Yeah, your brothers there. They stole one of the Young Brock sneakers. There, they brought. They're expensive pairs of sneakers when they were probably like just like the. It's for us, <laughs> not for them. Yeah. But then they took the sneaker, had a bunch of thumbtacks in it, and they're super kicking and super kicking and faces. running their face and stuff into oh it. Oh my god! And that's what I say. If you're already in the steel cage, you got brutality. And then, you get, and then you got brutality on top of brutality. And and they are bleeding out the mask, out the mouth, out the ass. Everybody was bleeding, man. This match was a mess. 
but a, but, a, but a well orchestrated and well played off. Not to rub salt in the wound, but they look like they were in a car accident after that match. And the right people got over. New champions, the Lucha Brothers. They raised the cage. They drag out the Young Bucks. What was really like? Now people didn't. I don't even think the uh, the AEW people knew because everybody was leaving, but Penta wouldn't leave. He went to the outside of the ring, and I think it was his kids came in. Yeah. And they're hugging him and kissing him, and they're covered in blood. Yeah, I was like, what the yeah, hell? Jordan, because uh, you saw him like waving, right. you know, waving. First, it looked like he was waving to the fans, but no, turn around. It was like, come on. Yeah, it was like a, a little five-year-old girl and a teenage girl, like, unless the teenage girl was wife. Well, not because I think they know it was like somebody a little, a little older came by and it was his wife. So. And they were covered in blood. I'm pretty sure they had to go back and disinfect because you can't sit back in the goddamn watch the rest of the match. But that that was really they gave little things like that. So you made Penta, who the ninja skeleton, because that's what he is. Yeah. And his brother, the, the bird that won't die. You you put a human face. <laughs> you get it. Well, say you humanize. Pinter. Ray Phoenix, you sort of already felt for him when he right, was right, the one right, that right, beat right. up. He was always the one getting his ass But Pinter, now he was just like, yeah, all right, come on, do it again. But yeah, good match. 22 minutes, five seconds. Very good match. Then they had. So now, what are you going to put on after that? Because. Yeah, you need you need to get your adrenaline level back. I, I, I'm not saying a palate cleanser after such a yeah. but if you want to call it that after a palate cleanser. cleanser. After seeing a bunch of bloody guys, it's nice to see some, some girls, even though some of them women are bigger than men. So you had the twenty one woman casino battle world. A lot of people aren't really I mean I don't say a lot of people, some people aren't a fan of the concept. I like the concept oh, yeah. of fans. Of five people in five different categories, and you get the twenty, and then the twenty. Well, twenty-one is the Joker, right? Yeah. And wait, wait, we're not going to go play by play by play by play by play on this whole thing, but I'll run through real quick uh, who was what. All right. First up was the clubs. In the clubs, it was Hikaru Shida, Sky Blue, Emi Sakura, Bunny, and Abaddon. So. Even just that right there. I mean, that's her, a her, really good. That's a really strong roster right there. Carter Sheeta was the former women's champion, trained by, trained by, Emmy Sakura. Yeah. And Abaddon, I would never get in the ring with it. She scares me. Yeah, she she just. Looks I got to hang out with her outside her Abaddon gear. Yeah, and she looks totally different. The bunny just looks like she's a yeah, she's a psycho bitch. Crazy as a, a, a bag of hammers. Then up next you had uh, the the diamonds, and that was Anna J, Kira Hogan, Colin King, Diamante, and Nyla Rose. Another good. Yeah, got so far the roster looks good. Now, if you want to go inside or outside of uh, AEW, Kira Hogan is former champion. Uh, Diamante, I believe, is a former tag team champion. And Nyla Rose is Nina Rose, former, former AEW women's champion. So, that's the then up next you got the Hearts, which is Thunder 
Rosa, Penelope Ford, Yeehaw. Jamie Hayter, and Big Swole. We had uh she has she is a former NWA champion, but she had one of the best matches of the year with Britt Baker. Britt Baker. Rehal was a former the first first women's champion. champion. Again, not a bad group. Yeah. And then uh like I say for 94, she's getting Love you better and better. She's getting better and better. Hard to believe she's a little girl that used to go used to the to show with us. And, and I think right now she's going to eclipse. She's going to mark Merrill his ass. Uh, Kip Sabian. Sabian, which, unless he's injured. Yeah, he's injured. I was going to say, I haven't. Yeah, she's, she's, she's already. After they got married. So. And the next week was uh, Spades, with, which had Ty Conte. Black Britt Baker, I mean Red Velvet, <laughs> Legit Layla Hirsch, Jade Cargill, and Rebel. Again, Rebel's a good hand for a woman that's 50 years old. She's 50 years old. She looks good. She looks real good. Jade Cargill is a beast. She's the future at Activision. They need to throw a slow burn on here and not put a rocket to her ass yet. She's not ready. Um, Taylor Hirsch is awesome. She's my all-time favorite so far. Like, like I said, she's, she's legit. And but yeah, and Black Brick Baker, I like her. But again, too fast. They're using her too fast. I know she was trained by. Uh, I want to say she was in the Cody group. And like I said, well, I'm not going to do it with every single person. But like I said, with Jay Cargo, she's been wrestling in six months. Right, six months. <laughs> <laughs> the other chick you were just talking about, uh, uh, what was her name? The British chick. Uh, uh, um, Jamie Hayden. Yeah. You went from six years to six months. Yeah. But she need, they need to go slow with her, not rush it, pick and, pick and choose her spots. But the problem <laughs> I have with Black Brick Baker, Red Velvet is that. It's hard for me to suspend disbelief when she's gone up against much bigger opponents. Yeah. She does, they don't let her fight from underneath. She needs to fight from underneath, and for anybody who needs to know what that is, she needs to get her ass beat. Yeah. To the point of no return that she would. She may even die in this fight. Then she finally powers up and makes a comeback. Rich, she, she's Ricky Morton's that shit. And Thunder Rosa doesn't have to do that because Thunder Rosa has skills. So she's using skill against a, a bigger opponent. Uh, I had the same problem with uh, Kira Hope, who is almost the same freaking character as Red Velvet. Yes? Yep. <laughs> okay, you thought it was just me. Oh. She needs to fight from underneath, unless they're fighting on equal footing, someone equal to their size. And now I'll lead you guys as well. Yeah. But also at the same time, where I'm saying, oh yeah, they haven't been wrestling long, six years, six months. He turned around with uh, Emmy Sakura, and she's been wrestling for 25, 25 years. years. Well, yeah, yeah, 25 years, because she started in 95. And for a Japanese woman, does she got the biggest thighs on what? I have never seen a woman from Japan built like that. Even though she thinks she's Freddie Mercury, but yeah. And then the, uh, I guess if you want to say the, the most dominant, or the most eliminations was Nyla Rose. Which you almost would somewhat predict, 
between her and uh, and then Jay Cargill was Cargill. second when she had uh, Nyla Rose had five eliminations, Jay Cargill had three, and then there's always one more sweet left in the, right, the, the deck of cards, which is a Joker. And the Joker this year was Ruby Solo. Who's that? Oh, Who's yeah. The chick WWE had for years. Which, did nothing with AKA, uh, you might have known her as Ruby Riot. But uh, yeah, you say you also had the, um, like her little vignettes that she made herself right. while leaving in Connecticut, trying to, trying to find trying her to way down south. Find her way to get to <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> I thought that was slick. That was they were well done. They showed it. They gave a shout out to New Jersey Transit because that's why you kept seeing the New Jersey Transit. Uh, this is a woman who had a lot of potential in WWE. She had a unique look. She can work. They never gave it a microphone ever. I don't remember her saying anything. They would. She had a little. She had little mic time when she was the leader of the Riot Squad. Because the other. Because because if that was the case, you had either. Sarah Logan to talk, or Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan to talk. So, yeah, she was she was to talk about the fall. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Logan was a hillbilly, <laughs> and Liv Morgan was too pretty and bubbly and she, dumb to actually put the words together. Yeah. So, but besides that, and then that, that was all. Just just when she had a unique look and a unique gimmick and she could work, they bring in Rhea Ripley, which is basically a taller version of her, but the same freaking gimmick. She was a Vince McMahon hard-on. She was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed chippy who was tall, athletic tent. Yep. And then changed her gimmick up to look like Ruby Riot. I knew, I knew her, 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 her decks were stacked, literally. No pun intended. Her deck was stacked against her on that. I knew she wasn't going to be long for the WWE. Then she ended up deciding, well, it doesn't work in here. I might as well get my shoulders worked on. I had the company pay for it. And once they got that bill, I'm pretty sure that the writing was on the Now you're out to that pro. Yeah, you've been wrestling with two bad shoulders for five years. But again, right so, person won. We're all of that. The came down to, yeah, we came down to, uh, I believe it was Ruby and Thunder Rosa. Ruby, yeah. Which was good, because Thunder Rosa, everybody claims, you know, the haters claim she don't work as, as a team player, but Thunder Rosa took the hell on that one. Yeah, and I ain't saying the hate, the hater. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and But, um, <laughs> Thunder Rosa's already well established in AEW, so she can, so she she can, can, she can afford that loss. to take that loss. Because it ain't a single loss anyhow. No. And it somewhat gives uh, Ruby Riot, I mean, Ruby Soho, a leg up. Yep, so to speak. And I like the fact that, you know, Rancid told her to use the music, use the name, the whole idea. So, Ruby Soho, good, good, good for her. So, I like when good things happen with good people. And, but also at the same time, just in comparison, now that was 21 women in the Battle Royal that lasted 22 minutes. Five seconds longer, five seconds shorter than the previous match of that car wreck. <laughs> yeah, so, four guys trying to kill each other, so, but not hurt each other. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh, Up next. That match was supposed to be our breather, like you said, the palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah. But it still was very good. And it, thumbs up. I have to give thumbs up to that one, too. Yeah, so it's... it's, it's and this is almost to the point where it's like the roller coaster. Yeah. Where there's no up or down. 
But it ain't going all the way down. It just it's, it's, more it less, it's more or less a curve. It curves around. It's still the high. It's even going curves up high. around. <laughs> so there's no coming and down. Even, from like, this, like there's no coming down, and just that. And it was smart because that show is one of the few shows that literally left me wanting more when it was over. Get to it in a second, but it's also a smart move to place it. But um, then up yeah, next, yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. Then up next, again, another great match because it had great stipulation, great storytelling, long-term story, fucking, and it had, if you want to call it, a payoff. Yeah. Now, will they continue? I think they should because of the. They need to give them some breathing space. Yeah, now. between also. Uh, and what we're talking about is Chris Jericho versus MJF. Now, before we get into this match, you, I mean, when you add up all of Jericho's accolades in and out the ring, that's important. He's got to be top two. Oh, right he's now. one of the top two. I would say top two, if not number one wrestler in in, in the business. Because I'm including his wrestling, I'm including his movies and TV shows, I'm including his books, his multiple books, I'm including his way of reinventing himself, reinventing himself, where he could actually merchandise some of his reinventions. A little bit of the bubbly was just catfish, <laughs> turning the people buying that shit. Yeah. I want a bottle of it just to say I had it. His uh, his cruise, yeah, his cruise. What you mean? He comes out to his own theme music, platinum, platinum selling record out. And when he couldn't sing his theme music, his fans are so die hard about the song that they sing it along. So if all those accolades we just mentioned, some of them, the fact that he puts other wrestlers over. Uh, and, and he put over Fandango at WrestleMania. Nobody remembers that. Yeah. And the fact that he did does that stuff, and he still is smart enough to go. You know what? Most wrestlers believe their own hype and go, "Well, I can't lose like that, brother." You know, it ain't gonna work for me, brother. Chris is fine with that because he always got that, another card in the back pocket to play. Oh yeah. And he's got a couple cards in the deck. Did he, he did he really need to put MJF over? No. This was a cherry on top for MJF. Losing the MJ and having MJF lose this match does no harm to him. Because one, he already beat Jericho. A bunch of times. He already beat Ben Jericho. Wait, no, it was Slicious. Yep. He submitted Jericho before. And he threw him off a cage. That's <laughs> like just the just their previous match. So MJF didn't need really didn't to take this match. Didn't need to take it. This was all a, a, a gimmick to keep Jericho's fans interested and to keep him in the ring as long as possible. And it worked. But told the story. But is that? But Jericho gave him that. Uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, to entice him in. To accept like a. He's like, all right. Uh, I'll, he dangled the character over there. there. Yeah. He's like, all right, fine. One more match. If I lose, I'll retire from in-ring competition. Now, somebody like MJF, who's already beaten him, and he goes, and has the score. He's like, oh, this is a oh, Then I definitely can do that. Man, this is a given. I beat you twice already. And MJF is so well 
when I first heard of him, like a matter of fact, I think I heard of him from uh, Jim Cornette, the man who hates everything. Yeah. But he said, this kid is the future of wrestling. And I said, I gotta find out who he is. Next thing you know, he's on MLW. And as soon as I seen him, I was like, I'm gonna climb through the screen and slap the shit out of this little man. I hate this, but but he's so good at being hateable. He's one of those guys that if he ever went babyface, you're not going to believe it. Yeah. Like when he did with Cody, and he turned on Cody right away after went in there and, Co- and then turned on Cody and beat the shit out of Cody and took his ring. But that match with Jericho and MJF told a great story. We just gave you the whole. Yeah, and I think that's the far storyline. Outside of this company, he was, uh, you brought him up in, brought him up in MLW, he was part of the uh, tag team champions. Yep. He was a middleweight champion. And then uh, for CZW, he was uh, champions there. So. Right. And this is a guy, and I think he's going to have longevity, A, because he's good on the mic and he can just talk to everybody else. But when he's in the ring, he picks his spots. He uh, he basically to an extent kiss. He keeps, he keeps it, it really simple. But when he's in the ring with someone who could carry him into something a little more, like in, uh, like when he was in the ring with uh, Sammy Guevara, that match was insane. And I didn't even know MJF could do all that shit. But I think Sammy was, was pushing. That being said, also this pay per view was so good. Sammy freaking Guevara wasn't even on it, and he's like one of the best wrestlers there is. Yeah. Uh, Jake Hager wasn't on it. Proud and Powerful wasn't on it. They have a great lineup of talent on this show. Again, we talked about the fact that Andrade and Pac wasn't on it. But that goes to show you, you got talent. Whereas WWE, they have all the talent that uses 18 people. Yeah, they have probably have 70 people all probably less than now being that they're firing everybody left right. right but even if they have 60 people they use maybe 15 that's over and over again no one gets a chance to step up so I'm, I, I didn't believe that whole brass ring bullshit in the first place yeah. but here you go oh, and, and, and again Six years. It's all MJF has been wrestling in six years. So yep. technically, he's not even good yet. Yeah. Wait till he gets good. <laughs> and uh, I like he's. Uh, they told like again. They, they told the story we're talking about during this match, and it was just really good, straight storytelling. Where Jericho still had the bad left arm, and. Uh, then it came to the point where MJF actually pins him. And personally, I like the way they did this. Yeah. Because it gives MJF a chance to bitch. I pinned him, on, and by the time three came, Jericho's foot was on the ropes. It wasn't like it was on the ropes, like my count of two. Yeah. It was almost like, and three. And One, she turned around and said, foot on the rope. And technically, she didn't she, see it. She didn't see it. The other ref. There was another ref who had to come in. Said it is, and I and I'm guessing the at least storyline wise, it was like, well, they have to take it with seriousness because a man's career right is in jeopardy, and, and now you can always 
And Jeff always had that in his hip pocket of this is the only reason you won, because you had the reps paid off for it. I really beat you. The ref that was in the match said I beat you. The ref that wasn't in the match said I didn't. So what point does he have to say in any of this? So I, I like that. Tells the story. It gives it gives Jericho to win, but it gives MJF to heal out. So and in 21 minutes and 15 seconds, Jericho won by submission. Good match. Uh, did he? Uh, Walsh Jericho? Or whatever they call it? I believe it, I believe it was the, the, the Walsh. The Lion or, Tamer? The Lion Tamer or Boston Crab or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the Boston Lion Tamer Walsh Jericho? No. Thumbs up. Another good match. Now, now that was match seven. But we still got at least two matches that we're thinking of. Right. And we're like, okay, well. And, 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 and a get, let me up match in the middle. The reason why a lot of people probably got this pay-per-view yep. is up next. And it's CM Punk making doing his first first wrestling match right. in seven years versus Darby Allen. I thought again. I thought this move match came on later earlier, but yeah, that's the eighth match. It's towards the end of the show. Smart, smart placement, though. There, there's, um, now, there's no way I, they, 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 they could have put it on as a main event. I mean, they could have, right? but then, it as we stated, the title. it would have diminished the title match, but also, after seeing everything you've seen so far, how much energy would that Chicago crowd right. have? I mean, yes. They would still be excited to see they had, their, they had their foot on the gas this whole show. So you had CM Punk, like you said, coming into the ring with Darby Allen after seven years. Uh, of course, the entrance was insane. Uh, he came to the ring. I like the fact that people, you know, leave it to human beings to bitch about anything because they need to bitch about something. Why was CM Punk wearing tights and not shorts? That's all you're worried about? I'm just wanting, hopefully he can still wrestle. Darby yeah. Allen came to the ring without Sting. Yeah. And they put on, they started off a real slow, and I'm watching this match, and it was funny. They started off with a feeling out process that a lot of people, you know, at first were like, man, this is kind of long. And I was thinking the same thing until like the next day I read online, and I was like, that's why that match looks so familiar. This match was a total fucking setup yeah. of Bret Hart versus One Two Three. Yeah, because uh, I, I didn't think it, I, I, I didn't think about it until Bret Hart was like, "Thanks for the homage." And <laughs> the match. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, that is the match on Monday Night Raw. Because then I, because then I, because I even looked, I was like, and then somebody actually put up a video, and I was like. It was so all that frame for frame, but yeah. they, you know, they added and subtracted some shit. Yeah, it's like, when you want to do it, it's like, alright, how about you copy off my paper, but change a little thing so it don't look like a copy. But yeah, it was... What an homage. But yeah, it was... Started off at a creep, then it sped up, then they put on the brakes, then it sped up some more, then they put on the brakes, 
And then they, when they went to go home, the shit just went ape shit crazy. And, but again, they, they both were aggressive. No one cheated. No one went for any underhanded shenanigans or any of that bullshit. Again, the right guy won. And it's the crazy place would have been burnt down if he didn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, 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 Darby Allen was made again. Yeah, I mean, just being in the ring with right. him makes him. He was already made before, just being oh, with Sting. Yeah, being with Sting. I said, but, uh, but actually, he's just getting a rub from Sting. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's just Sting, but he's getting a rub because he had not wrestled against him. But now he's the quote, quote, best in the world. Right. Now he gets in there with him, is keeping up with him, and having, let's be real, having Punk keep up with Dark. Yeah. So, and, but is more or less his, if you want to call it that, his devil may care and literally throw his body at people. At people. <laughs> it's what cost him because. Yep. Uh, it Punk was that, down. It showed the wisdom of Punk was more than the daredevil attitude of Allen won out that match. Yeah, and so wasn't even a skill versus skill. It was made nah. wisdom versus the devil may care attitude, like you said. Yeah, and so uh, Darby Allen went to go for a coffin chop. Punk just did take her, sat up, looked, yeah, started right. laughing, grabbed him, rolled him up, put him and go to sleep. But then. Because uh, he sat there, but then I was like, all of a sudden, I thought that Darby could have got him in the most devastating move of all time, which is yeah, right. Yeah. But then it got reversed. He grabbed him, had him hit him with the GTS, and and, and the building was allowed to stand. Right, right. And the building didn't burn down. The main event could happen, and then make to put a cherry on top. Sting comes out. Darby looks kind of frustrated, but he shakes Darby off. Tell Darby to go shake Punk's hand. He shakes Punk's hand. Then Capital Sting shakes Punk's hand. The crowd goes insane. You got you got the three generations. Yeah. You got Allen who always wanted to wrestle Punk. Punk who always wanted to wrestle Sting. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And so I told a really good story again. Storytelling. This was a short-term storytelling. It took three weeks, and they built it up, and it worked. And, and and if you wanted it almost three generations like you said because Sting we, yeah he's still doing it now but his biggest heyday was his the like late like the eighties to ninth right Punk's was nineties a little bit into the two thousand yep. and now Darby Allen is two thousand to two thousand ten until he stuff. decides to and, limp away and, and until he gets chopped in the coffin. So that match went 16 minutes and 40 seconds. Really good enough time for the two, considering this Punk's first matches in in seven years. And when people go, oh, it only went this long, and I'm like, dude, again, one, I'm initiated. (laughs) Even if you are in shape, I don't give a fuck how long you run on the treadmill or how much weight you can lift. How about running on the treadmill? Carrying a 220-pound guy, then having that guy run on the treadmill, pick you up and throw you on the ground, pick you back up. That's basically wrestling. There's 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 in shape, and then there's free shape. You can see a guy who's you look at and go, oh man, this guy looks like he ain't pushing no weight. 
or he's too heavy or he's too skinny. I say come get him in the ring and he'll run you to death. Yeah, because not for nothing, yeah. It's somewhat easy for anybody to run in a straight line for a couple to, to, to an X spot. Yeah. From feet, yards, miles. Running in a straight line is fine. Try to run in a 16 by 16. Take two steps. Stop. Then turn around. Two steps. Take two steps or three steps. Yeah, you, you, you just don't have your brain ain't programmed that. Yeah, no. So you got that's and you're actually running back and forth, back and forth. And between that, you're hit. You're getting hit in the ribs with the steel cable. You're taking bumps. You're have, sometimes having a 200-something pound man on yourself. All on top of you. Yeah. Then you got to do the same to him. So, yeah. And make it look good. And, and now, after all of that, we're sitting there thinking, great, now to say Matches got really right. got something to 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 look forward to. to they got a top deck, but they did a smart thing, and I wouldn't even say this was a down point. It's just this is probably the the, the one part, the one part of the show where you, you can catch a quick breath, and it's a quick breath because that wasn't long. It was the match of Paul White versus Michael from Curie Lard. known as the Big Show. Yep. Versus Michael Curie Also known as GT Marshall. A Jersey native. So, again. And also with GT Marshall was Aaron Solo and Nick Morato. And, and, and QT had a, a, a good run. Ring of Honor. He, he wrestled some uh, small uh, enhancement matches for uh, WWE. He had a documentary about his wrestling career that yeah. won best uh, comment, uh, best documentary of 2017. So there you go. I mean, I always thought he was uh, a really, as I said, a good hand. But I like him more now than I did back then because now he's, he's showing more tact. But also at the same time, like at least with QT Marshall, he's now a trainer, and he also trained at Montserrat. But also some of his other trainers were Bubba Ray, yep. Devon, Larry Sharp, Scott Hall, and Larry Zabisco. Can't go wrong there. <laughs> and then you got QT Marshall, who trained Punishment Martinez, also known as... Damien Priest. Damien Priest in the WWE. And he's now one of the trainers at the for that nightmare. Yeah, the, he owns that. Co-owner with Cody. Yeah. And uh Glacier. Remember Glacier from the fucking 2000? Yeah. So So more or less that was your let me up. Man, that was the Okay. Yeah, all right. I need I, I need breathe. to relax now. But they ain't give you much time to breathe because you are was like the a chunk slam? Three three minutes and ten seconds. Three minutes and ten Paul seconds. Paul White beat up the whole fucking nightmare factory, including Nick Camarado, who we also seen at the Monster Factory. Yep. In a match with uh, the original bro. Because well, that must have been the second one because the one match we saw with Matt Riddle was against 
Nick Camarado, who's basically a throwback to like Bruce and Brody. Bruce and Brody caveman style. And Aaron Solo, who is a former uh, engaged to uh, Bailey. Yeah, but also it's just, it's, it's just a... Uh... But that was another thing though. Nick Camarado was part of the performance center. Right. But let him go. So we had three minutes and ten seconds to catch our breath, basically. Oh, by the way, Paul White on, who also came from the Monster Factory. Got to give him that, too. And uh, by pinfall. Then we had the main event. But also, uh, it's just, it, it was also, it's just nice to see a lot of uh, guys that WWE misused. Well, besides misused, a lot of guys from Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because he had T.C. Marshall. Uh, he was like, where he's at now? Don't know. But he, born in Livingston, built from Freehold. Right. Then you got uh, Nick. Nick Camarado, he's uh, born in Blackwood. He's built from, I'm guessing, the same place. Then you get you got uh the Layla Hirsch. They brought her from Russia, but she was raised in New Jersey. Then you have Isaiah Cassidy and uh, Mark what was his name? Marcus Quinn from the private party. Uh, the private party. They were trained by guys that used to beat us up magic from up in North Jersey in uh, Long Island, New York. You got Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor in Philadelphia. Really you Philadelphia. So uh then then by by Cleveland, Ohio, you had Tom Moxley who wrestled in uh New Jersey a lot with yeah, uh, CZW. So yeah, Jersey was well represented on this show. Yes it was. But now we have the main event of Kenny Omega with Don Callis against Christian Cage. Kenny Omega won. Right person won. Right reason why he won. Because Christian had already taken the yeah, impact the impact title off of him. So just this doesn't hurt Christian at all. And it was basically a hold. I call this a holding pattern match. Yeah. Because technically it was supposed to be Adam Page. But Adam Page's wife was is having a baby, and he wants to stay home with her. Good baby. Oh, gee, uh, what a good and boss! And, and a good boss at Tony Khan is just like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Your it's not that important. <laughs> stay home with your we'll, family. We'll still be here. But you know, go. Yeah, I, I just. You hear that type of stuff and people go, well, duh, of course they're going to let them stay home. Not WWE, that shit done in close. That's oh. almost like they say them in, uh, in one of Eddie Murphy's skits, but after one has a baby and then they're picking rice, you know, pop the baby up. So okay, and they're picking rice again. I mean, it's not the WWE, it's a lot of companies. I mean, now, I, 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 it, it wouldn't surprise me in WWE, one of them got to go for cancer treatment. And they were like, well, if we were, if we were giving, uh, giving, like a uh, uh, like six time, we would donate it to that person so they right, can go right. have so they can have to come to work. But then they don't really have sick time, so yeah, here you might work. But 
That match. That's yeah. now more or less as good as the match was. It's pretty much the aftermatch that that makes the match. That makes the match and left everybody. So talking. you had the Battle of Winnipeg, basically Toronto. They went at it, and I personally think their singles match on TV was a better match with the whole kill switch on the chair and all that shit. Yeah. But this match wasn't bad either because he had to take the fucking one winged angel off the second rope. Christian did. And Kenny Omega, it, it, this is what amazes me. He took three steps backwards in the ring because he's still fighting injuries. And he still looks better than anybody in the ring in America. Right? And, and, and this is a guy who's like, uh, can, you, can, you, can, you, can you take these titles off of me? So I can stay home and work on video games? Nope. Need a ten. Hold on now. We're, we're getting you there. We're getting you there. So that match went 21 minutes, 20 seconds. Another thumbs up match. I don't even give, before we get through any further, the Paul White, Judy Marshall, it served its purpose. Yes, because, it, it, because to you, you try to, that palette cleanser, yeah, like you said. To, 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 there was nothing else that could, that could have fit in that, fit in that spot. slot where it wouldn't diminish. Yeah. You couldn't you couldn't put Andrade in and pop in there for three minutes. No, no. this ain't WWE. You couldn't even put it in there. You couldn't put in Chris Jericho and MJ. Or, 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 no, that was too match. much. And not any. Because the ladies are way too talented to, in, in AEW to be in a three-minute match. What, you gonna stick in Moxley and Kojima? No, because that's brutality. Yep, that people want to see. So, yeah. The, the Paul White versus QT Marshall was the right, the right match to stick in that spot. So this match went back and forth, told a really good story. Uh, especially when you got the fact that Don Callis was the guy that knocked out Christian years ago. They're telling that story, they got video footage of it all. I think that's pretty smart. And uh, Christian also was out for seven years. He said he would never wrestle again. Just in the WWE. Except when they needed him, and then they didn't need him. <laughs> came in, did what, one match after Royal Rumble? Yep, he did Royal Rumble, did and he did something with Edge real quick, and they pissed him away. But it still, it wasn't a throwaway match, because it made Christian look a big deal. Yeah. Like he should be. I thought Christian always played second fiddle to Edge. I, I, I mean, let's face it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And, um... I don't think it's because of lack of trying from Christian's side. See, Vince didn't see superstar in Christian. He was quote unquote always the Marty Genetic. Yep. He was always the guy that was too not tall enough, not big enough. No matter no matter how funny he was, but it, it, it's still in one of those hypocritical story uh, remarks that Jim Ross makes a lot. That funny doesn't make money. Yeah, it's Christian were funny, and when they made money, Kurt Angle there was funny. That Kurt Angle was and funny. And he made money. There was Booker time. T was funny, and he made. There were times Steve that Austin, Austin was, funny, was funny, and he made money. His boy, Brock Lesnar, came in the ring with a fucking boombox, acting like he was fucking from the street. And yeah, he had money. So I ain't, I ain't saying you got to be funny twenty four seven, but you do need to change your character around just to keep interest. And Christian was good for that with his massive hands. <laughs> Great fucking match. Totally good story. Christian's very well used in this match. Who's another person that wasn't on the show? Frankie Kazarian. 
That's how good this talent roster is, man. When Frankie Kazarian ain't on your show, Frankie Kazarian's good. Even even on a even on the pre-show, the uh, what are they called? Can't remember their their, their tag team name, but uh, Scorpio Sky and Evil. Oh, 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 the oh, best men. Uh, they weren't on the show. Yeah, that's not they're good. Uh, fucking uh, the Murder Hawk Monster wasn't on the show. So yeah, they got a bench, a heavy, deep, well established bench, and that's the key word. Well established. WWE has a bench, and they can't get established because they, they don't, don't use them until somebody dies or gets hurt. And then you gotta throw them into the fucking lines then, and no one knows who they are. And you gotta rush the storytelling. But yeah, this match was done really well. So 21 minutes, 20 seconds, second row, one wing angel. If someone whispered in my ear, all right, get to the second row, we're gonna do a one wing angel. I'm like, fuck you. You're pinning me on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) That shit's not happening today. Nope, okay, uh, no, I'm not doing no uh, second row one wing angel. How about. Uh, you stand on the floor, I try to go for a forge, but if you catch me, then do one go from there. Even then, I'm scared, but I'll take that. So, that, with that being said, of course, the elite, they're bragging. The, the young bucks dragged their carcasses to the ring. And beam up, man. Chalice came out. The, uh, what was the, uh, the good brothers came out. The good brothers came out of, of course, Kenny was like, Who's next? Anybody that yeah, could beat nobody me? Nobody in the back. When they say anybody who could beat me can't beat can't me. Anybody be, who and, could beat me is dead. And anybody else who could beat me is dead. Which was a good callback. Yes. Super long-term storytelling because they killed fucking long-term storylines. And then the lights go out. Somebody was debuting. They didn't know yet. And then out comes Adam Cole. Which is which really well done. Really well done. He comes down, looks like he's about to face off, but we even said it's like, would it be fun if he just turned heel instantly? Yep. And, and then the next thing you know, Jungle Boy hits the super kicks <laughs> Jungle Boy. Jungle Jack Barry is eating dirt. And then they but he they even say, What? You 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 thought he was gonna come in against us? He's our boy! Yeah, even even though, though we killed him. Even though we buried him uh, a long time ago. But, um, so, then Adam Cole, that's his promo, but also at the same time, if I remember correctly, didn't Britt Baker hit the Panama Sunrise the night before? Oh, or in his match. No, even in his match, he hit the Panama Sunrise, yes. Which is one of his moves. So I'm sitting there going, nah, it can't be, because he's been working almost this full year without a contract. So, he could have left anytime he wanted. And now it's the right time. He cuts his promo. And said, there's nobody around that can stop us. Music hits again. And you hear uh, Ride of the Valkyrie. Yeah, a remixed version of that one, though. And as soon as, they hit, as soon as that hits, everybody knew it was Brian Danielson. And if, 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 I'm not, I wouldn't exactly say it was a block pump, but pretty damn near close. It was close to it. So, he came out wearing, the best part was he came out wearing a white t-shirt, 
Bring jeans. That's it. And that fits him because that's what he is. He's just an average guy. Yeah. He's above average wrestler. So, and so yeah, he came out, helped out the good guys, and as Danny Mega was trying to say, want to send him home happy. Well, there they sent him home happy. Thank you. Farewell and good night. <laughs> so again, every match on this pay per view, I could not have a fault. It was great, and even the one that rose the palate cleanser served its purpose. Served its purpose, so you can't fucking fault that. No. So with that, I, I, that was one of the best uh, wrestling pay per views done. They have a lot. It's going to be hard to overdo that. <laughs> yeah. But it is what it is. It was a good show. Uh, to, 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 to somewhat quote some bald asshole that's on YouTube, that's a golden up. <laughs> there you go, a golden up. <laughs> but uh, if you want to give stars, uh, that's, that's uh, as far as for Dave Meltzer, when he likes to give five, nah, he gives six. I would probably give that one a six. Well, if you give the pay per view six stars, <laughs> give this show five stars, give us some love. Check us out on Facebook, check us out on. Instagram, check us out on YouTube for our cooking show. This has been the Blacklisted Podcast with Movies Black and Chaos, the Midnight Syndicate, talking about AEW all out. And we'll see you when we see you at the matches. Save the butt. <laughs>